Are you recording? Yes, I am recording. Are you sure? I am sure I am recording. All right, welcome to the Is For Podcast with Danger and Sarge. There is no danger. No, there is no Sarge. <laughs> I am danger. <laughs> I am danger. Welcome to the Is For Podcast. Tonight, it is just me and the baby G. The G. The Mr. G. Like mystery, That's- but Mr. G. That's Mr. Big G to you. Mr. Big G. I don't I don't know when the big got put in there, but um, I don't either. Yeah. It's sudden, I didn't pick suddenly this name. Big G. Yeah, I didn't pick it either. Sorry to sign it to you. So <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about tonight on the is for? Tonight is for P. The letter P is for P T. And I'm not talking about physical training. I'm not talking about personal time. I am talking about PT, the playable teaser for the unreleased Silent Hills video game. Guillermo now, del Toro's. Yes. Hideo Kojima, Guillermo del Toro, and the Norman Reedus. Uh, Was Norman Reedus in it? I didn't remember. Yes. Yes. Okay. Danger, do you have any familiarity with PT? Somewhat. And pretty much all of, <laughs> all of what I've told you. It is. Okay. Pretend like there's people listening that don't know what you told me. No, I don't know what (laughs) PT is. (laughs) So PT was a first person horror game that got released to the PlayStation four store on August 12th, 2014. It was released with no advertising, no fanfare whatsoever. It just popped up on the PlayStation four store. People downloaded it, not knowing what it was. The the screenshot for the game was like a forest with a like a rock in the foreground that said PT like scribbled from seven seven eight zero studio made up studio no idea what it was now when the game starts you wake up in a room with it's it's three concrete walls and then a door and if you Walk around the room a little bit. You'll see that there's like tally marks on the wall as if somebody has been sitting in there counting down the days or whatever. Now, I have not I've not played the game, but I have watched walkthroughs of it. Okay, okay. So essentially what happens is there is no title screen other than that one still image. And then the game starts and you just wake up and you have no idea what's going on. You got to figure it out. You walk to the door, it opens up, and you see a hallway in front of you. The first thing that you're going to notice is the photorealistic graphics. Now, this game came out in 2014, and when I tell you it still looks incredible, it does. I mean it. I played it two nights ago just to refresh my memory. It is still horrifying. Did you do it and in it, VR? Okay, so the game itself is not in VR. So if I were to play it with my VR headset on, it would be it would take up a, a huge chunk of my field of vision. The only problem is I knew I would lose some of the like clearness of the, the picture quality if I had done that. I have a 75-inch flat screen. The picture was plenty to to keep me focused. You, you know? were you were very much in it with that big of a TV. Yes. And before I go any further, let me just state that I am a huge horror fanatic. I love horror media. 
I like horror video games, but they tend a lot of the horror from horror video games comes from them being difficult. The controls are tanky. The there's always some sort of like inventory system. You're very limited on what you can do. Um, like the first um, Resident Evil. The first Resident yes. Evil game was awful for what you could have in your inventory. Yes. You did not know what you needed to keep on you. And I think the most horrifying part of the first Resident Evil game was all the cutscenes of opening doors. That was <laughs> right. That that which, killed you, especially if you didn't have all the things in your inventory you needed. You had to die, then you had to go back and do all the doors over again. Which that comes into play with PT as well. Now. It's funny you would reference uh, Resident Evil because PT was actually the playable teaser for the upcoming Silent Hills game. Yes. Silent Hill was a Konami game that came out shortly after the original Resident Evil because they wanted to capitalize on that, the new survival horror trend. Now, Silent Hill, whereas Resident Evil was very visceral, it was zombies, it was in your face, you're shooting guns. Silent Hill was a lot more of a psychological terror. And and PT really plays into that. PT, there are very few jump scares in PT. Everything in PT is very slow and methodical, and the atmosphere is just overwhelmingly creepy yes and that's Um, actually something that we talked about before in horror movies that i think the best horror movies are the ones that create an atmosphere of being uncomfortable and fear and that to me is what a horror movie really should do and a horror game should do the same thing the i think the best horror game i ever played was actually a game called fear which uh was xbox game and the whole i played that one yeah i thought it was fantastic and I thought that the the jump scares were placed in a perfect place. Like there was one where there was nothing that happened for a long time, and the only thing that had to do with the creepy ass little girl in it was when you turned to walk down a ladder and then you saw her feet, and it scared yes. the crap out of me. I'm pretty sure I threw my controller in fear, and I yeah, I think I turned it off at that point. It didn't help that I played it at night in the dark. And the interesting thing about fear is that fear is a first person shooter. Yes. It is a, at its core more of an action game than a horror game. But the horror comes from the atmosphere and the creepiness factor. Right. It doesn't come from you worried about being low on ammo, not being able to target properly. The creators created this atmosphere that made it scary. And that's that's kind of where PT is at as well because so as as I was saying you you open the door to the first you know there's only one way to go you open the door and you're you're met with a hallway now this hallway is very long it's very straight as you walk down it you'll see some pictures you'll see a digital clock and then at the end of the hallway it makes a hard right turn so nothing's happening there there is a radio and you can hear some talking off the radio but Nothing you important the rain. on the radio. Well, you'll find out later that yeah. it is, but yeah, you don't know that. You just hear a voice on the radio. The only thing you hear is the rain outside. You hear like a little bit of creaking sound and you hear this voice on the radio. There's no music. There's nothing that jumps out in your face in the first 30 seconds. You just walk and you get to the end of the corner and you don't want to turn the corner. Already, you don't want to turn the corner. Right. And when you do... There's nothing there. It's just another hallway. 
with some more stuff. There's a there's a couple of doors and there's a couple other things. And as you walk through, you get close to the radio, you hear the radio, the broadcast, what's actually being said, and it's very horrific. And I'll I'll get to that in a minute. But at the end of the hallway, there's another door. You walk down a couple of steps, you reach that door, you open it, it starts you back at the beginning of the first hallway. Right. You are essentially trapped in this loop, this this L-shaped hallway. Yep. And here's the thing. It's not a decrepit, old, falling apart, scary location. It looks like the hallway that would be in an upper middle class home. Yeah. It looks very familiar to just about anybody that would play this game. Now, as you go through the game, you walk through this tunnel or this hallway repeatedly and things start to change and you start to unravel the mystery as you walk through it. And when I say unravel the mystery, I mean that very loosely because I have done a lot of research into this and there are literally dozens of ideas of what this game could actually mean. Some even theorize that this was never, ever meant to be a trailer for Silent Hills, but was literally just a letter from Kojima himself to Konami about how he felt about being let go from the company. Yeah. Um, now, was this before he was let go? Though the timeline is as such that he was supposedly working on the Silent Hills game. Now, a little bit of backstory about that real quick. Is it multiple hills or is it just one hill? Yes. So just for, <laughs> in this case, multiple. For anybody listening that's not familiar, Silent Hill is a survival horror game series that started on the PlayStation 1, but had new entries all the way up through the PlayStation 3, I believe. I think um, so. I don't think, remember seeing anything after 3. No, uh, and they even had one or two on the Nintendo Wii and some Game handheld Game. consoles and stuff. Yeah, and it had been kind of dormant for a while, and then... Hideo Kojima, who is a very famous uh, video game producer, uh, most notably from the Metal Gear Solid series, basically was going to take it over. And he started posting stuff on his Twitter and social media about working on a new Silent Hill game. And then he started posting stuff with him and horror director Guillermo del Toro. For those of you who don't know, Guillermo del Toro directed Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Crimson Pink. Uh, Crimson Peak, excuse Not me. Crimson uh, Peak, Pink. No, that's a whew, that's a totally different kind of movie. Which which was a very disappointing movie in my opinion. Crimson Peak was not good. Movie. You know, as much of a fan of Del Toro as I am, I have never seen that one. Okay, so are you a fan of Del Toro or are you a fan of Pan's Labyrinth? Because <laughs> I've learned okay. there is a difference. I've seen Shape of Water, and I really like that. I thought the Hellboy movies were pretty cool. Oh yeah, they were. Um, I feel like I've seen one or two other of his films, but, but uh, Crimson Peak, I have not seen. So it was, tell me it's bad. It, it was a letdown. I, I watched it. It's Guillermo del Toro with Victorian horror and yeah. um, Tom Hendelson. I mean, it's, there's so much there that was perfectly set up and it was just poorly executed. Visually phenomenal, visually a phenomenal movie, but it just, did not hold up to the expectations of what was. I can right see there. that. Yeah. Which uh, did so, he also do Pacific Rim? Yes, he did. And 
I uh, am not necessarily a huge fan of kaiju films. So, so I, so my frame of reference is very narrow on that. But I thought Pacific Rim was fine. Like, I, 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 I really didn't, I didn't. It, so. Yeah, like I thought it was fun. But, but the important thing to note is that he is a famed director. People yeah. know his work. He's won awards. I would even go as far to say that he is one of the few genre directors that actually has a little bit of credibility outside of the horror realm. Yeah. He's definitely stepped outside of and tried to do more, whether or not it's gone as well as it should have or intended is another argument altogether. So this extremely popular video game developer, Hideo Kojima, joins forces with this very well-known and well-respected director, Guillermo del Toro, to work on a franchise that is, especially in the in the horror gaming community, but in the gaming community at large, very well-respected. As, as with every series, as the sequels progress, there's some good moments and some bad moments. But most people agree that the first three possibly even the first four Silent Hill like main entries are some solid survival horror games. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I personally, I have a lot of love for four. I know a lot of people don't like that one as much, but I do like it. I um, never played that one. I did play one and two though. I didn't play any of the rest of them. So what's interesting is PT actually draws more from four though, than the first three. Because in four, you actually start in your own apartment and it's first person view. Most Silent Hill games are kind of not exactly fixed camera angle like the original Resident Evil series, but they're not like third person over the shoulder either. They're like let's let's not cinematic. Let's not get into the camera angles of Resident Evil. The original Resident Evil had the worst camera angles (laughs) of a game. If you think that you know bad camera angles of a game. And I don't know how many times I've yelled at a game for giving me a bad angle where I can't see what the hell's going on. Resident Evil does the best job of the worst camera angles. Oh my God, that was terrible. It, it's very cinematic. Yes. But when you're trying to see what the hell you're trying to do, it can be a little bit frustrating. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I've i never had a, a table <laughs> lock me up and get me stuck <laughs> in a room because I couldn't see the table was another eight feet long <laughs> because right. the camera angle decided to pick the worst corner of the table to shoot from. But in Silent Hill 4, you start the game in your own apartment in first-person view, and you, you start in the bedroom, and you walk out of the bedroom, and you go to your front door, and it's just chained lock. You have no idea why, but it's covered in chains, and you can't get out of your own apartment. And... PT is very similar, where you wake up in one location, you can't seem to get out of it. So what I was saying before about Guillermo del Toro, Hideo Kojima, then Kojima starts posting pictures of him with actor Norman Reedus. Most people know Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead as Daryl, but he was also... Boondock Saints, yes. God, I love that movie. You've got a lot of star power here. And before Kojima can can really get this game up and running and whatever, he's let go from Konami Studios. Yeah. There's a lot of debate over why. The best thing that I can find is that 
the person who took over at Konami was interested in, he was much more of a businessman than a creative man. And Konami was having a lot of success with mobile games, with microtransactions, and making a quick buck. For anybody that's familiar with the Metal Gear Solid series, Kojima is very... His games are not just about playing them and having fun. They are experiences. They're very fourth wall breaking. They're yes. very... They're, I, I, they're very personal because it really brings the person into the game. It really lays yeah. out the, you know, what seems to be just a army shooter, you know, on its surface. When you play the game and you're really into the game, you know, you're not just a passive player. You're really in that world as a whole. He's really good at writing and designing the entire feel of everything that's happening. They're very cerebral. Yes, They're very, that's the word I was looking for all along. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what the word was either until you started talking. And then I was like, now I know what I want to say. And PT follows that kind of concept. So back back to the actual gameplay. So again, we, we, we referenced uh, Silent Hill and Resident Evil. And these games have inventory systems. These games have, you know, inventory management where you have to keep track of how much ammo you have. You have to interact with different things to solve puzzles. Well, the thing about PT is there's no interaction button. You can zoom in on things, but you can't pick anything up. You can't interact with anything. You have to just go through this and notice things differently. Yes. Yeah. So as the game starts to progress, I, I mentioned the radio earlier. As you walk past the radio, you hear a news broadcast where they discuss a father who has murdered his family. He's murdered his pregnant wife and their two kids. They reference other murders very similar, where a father has murdered his family. And as the game progresses, shortly, like one or two, two more loops through the hallways, when you come around the corner, standing at the end of the hallway is this womanly figure. Not a truck. She's, no. Yeah. It is, I, okay, for, for anybody that's listened to the show more than once, you know how obsessed I am with scary stuff. When I tell you that when you go around the corner and you see this figure standing there staring at you, it is one of the scariest experiences I've ever experienced. PT as a whole is one of the best horror media products that's ever existed. And this might be the pinnacle of that. Because the first, your first reaction when you turn the corner and you see this horrific thing standing there at the end of the hallway is to turn around and go the other way. But you can't. There's nothing there. You can't progress. So you have to walk towards it. And when you do, right before you get like really good and close, all the lights shut off. All you can do, again, is to move forward. You take a few more steps. The lights flick back on. She's gone. There's bugs all over the house. They're they're on the floor. They're on the walls. And uh, just just sitting here re recalling it from a couple nights ago. I'm I'm getting chills. It's no, it's he he has always done a good job of creating the environment. And as we've talked about many times, uh, the best horror situation, movie, book, whatever is one that creates that environment, that fear, that you know absolutely that complete uncomfortableness. 
And knowing that you're playing a Silent Hill game, you know, it, it was pitched as a Silent Hill game in the beginning. Or not pitched, but it was presented that way. Well, here's the thing, though. For anybody who downloaded this game when it first came out, nobody knew that it was connected to Silent Hill. Nobody knew what the hell this thing All was. Right. Fair enough. So, but when you just look at the title picture, the the um, the image that goes along with it, the tree with the rock and whatnot, right, right, it's presented as something that's going to be creepy, and you wake up in a creepy situation. And again, right. I've not played right. the game; I've just watched the uh, walkthroughs of it. But it's presented from the start as creepy. So, it so, it does not take long. I would say within the first minute to two minutes, you know this is a some kind of quote-unquote horror game. Right. Uh, yeah. And just walking down the hallway and hearing the radio broadcast, if you're a person that's actually paying attention to things like I do in games, I pay attention to everything. Sure, yeah. sure. I'm the guy that busts every, that breaks every basket or, mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. box or whatever, you know, because I want to find everything in the game. You know, I'm listening out. And the first thing that you hear in the game is a radio broadcast about, somebody murdering a family. Right. So, you know from the onset that this is, that you're supposed to be afraid. <laughs> you, like, it automatically creates that world of, of fear. And then you're walking right. down a, a hallway, an empty hallway, and you turn a corner, and then you're back where you started. And you're not back in the room. So you go through a door, and you're back in that hallway, but you're not back through that original door that you walk through. It completely puts you in that world and there is yes and it actually makes me harken back to uh, or reminds me of um shutter frame i don't know if you ever played shutter frame yeah. but it was very similar fatal frame fatal frame fatal frame right yeah you'd had no defense all you could do is take pictures yeah that was all you could do like in this game you have no defense you have nothing to interact with or you have no way of interacting with anything it is only just look at things differently and and as you progress uh things in the hallway start to to change there right. there's a door that you pass several times it's locked but you can hear stuff coming out of that room uh finally once you're able to open that door you go in and it's a bathroom and it's dingy and it's disgusting and in the sink is a fetus yes and it's very. Uh, have you ever seen a racer head actually, by David Lynch? Actually, that's something that I was uh, going to say that I've seen that yes. it's been compared to the deformed baby in in a racer head. Very similar. Very similar. But that baby starts to talk to you as the game progresses. Again, you're not really doing anything other than observing. And as you go through this hallway, again, like I said different pieces of of the mystery become unraveled but i but it, it's still mysterious the whole way through because you never really truly know what's going on the best uh explanation that i've heard for this is that uh, the radio broadca broadcast talks about a father killing his family you see this scary ghostly woman who whose name is lisa at the end of the hallway and she comes back periodically throughout the game it is it is kind of understood that you are the dad that murdered his family and your wife Lisa is now basically torturing you in this endless loop to make you suffer for what you did. But again, that is just an interpretation. 
there's really no definitive answer. Going back to the radio broadcast, uh, there is a part that is actually in Swedish where it starts to um, – yeah, I, I didn't know what it was saying the, the handful of times I played it. It wasn't until later that someone else translated it and they said that um, what it's saying is that the radio broadcast from 75 years ago was real. And huh. they have been under their control ever since. What that's what that's referring to is uh, the War of the Worlds radio broadcast by Orson Welles way back in the day. Yeah. Now, for anybody listening that is familiar with the Silent Hill franchise, it's a very psychological, it's very mental kind of uh, of game. But there is a little bit of science fiction alien connection to the games as well. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why Kojima put that in there. That's, but yeah, that's, so that's interesting. I never, I never knew that, and uh, that's that's fun. I mean, that's a fun little little tidbit, you know that that just goes to show that Kojima is a big fan of War of the Worlds or Orson Welles. That um, <laughs> all right? Those types of things to me are fun. So, uh, so going back to to Kojima's play style. As you progress through the hallways, you'll realize that you have to solve, and I, and I put this word in quotation marks, puzzles yeah. to finish the game. Puzzles now, that you don't interact with. Puzzles that are so cryptic that if you don't have a walkthrough and, and, and you're one of the first handful of people to play this, how you would ever know how to do this is beyond me. Some of them you can kind of figure out. Like, for example... One of the first puzzles you have to do is a picture puzzle. You walk by, you see a picture, it's missing parts of it. As you walk through the hallway, you look real carefully in the corners and stuff, and you'll find the fragments of the pieces. Guess where one of the pieces is located? Uh, in the pause menu. <laughs> you have to pause the game and turn the brightness up on this one specific little logo. Uh, it's a picture of a brain, and you'll see a piece of the picture lodged in it. <laughs> and that's not even the hardest thing to figure out. That one's easy compared to some of this stuff. The, the one that gets me is the final puzzle. And, and I'll be completely honest with you. I have played this, and, and I say all the way through three times, but I've never actually beaten it because the last puzzle is so cryptic that I just cannot get it to work. And you won't do a walkthrough. No, I've read the walkthrough. I know what it says to do, and I cannot get it to work. At the very end, you will hear a clock chime at midnight. When it does, you walk 10 paces in any direction. Then you'll hear a bunch of spooky noises. Once those noises stop, you should hear a baby laugh. You have to get the baby to laugh three times. And then the phone will ring and you have to know how to answer the phone. Remember, there's no interaction buttons. You have to walk up to it and stare at it just the right way. And then if you do it right, you have to say a person's name into your controller. No one knows for sure what the name is. Some think it's Jareth because there's something else that happens that says the person's name begins with a J, but you don't really know. And if you do it, perfectly the voice on the other end of the phone will say you have been chosen 
the front door will unlock and you can leave. Has anybody actually beaten it? Yes. I have watched people beat it. I have watched people struggle like hell, but I have seen people beat it. Apparently, once you do it a couple of times, it, it, you get the rhythm of it and you can do it. Here's the thing about PT. If you're playing it for the first time, it could take as long as an hour. If you've played it a few times, you know what to expect, you know when things are going to happen, you can technically beat it in about 20 minutes. Even playing it for the third or fourth time the other night, I was so on edge that I, 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 I didn't have the patience. I, I did not have the wherewithal to be able to go, okay, listen for the baby laugh, walk 10 steps, pause here, say this name. Like, no, mm -mm, I can't. I'm done. I'm done. I, I got I just got to put the controller down and walk away. Yeah. It's probably, uh, probably the wisest decision that you've ever made in life is just to walk away from that. No, it's, uh, I mean, again, I've never played it, but I have played games that are equally as frustrating that I even struggled with a walkthrough. As much as I love a good puzzle game, I also like a puzzle game that I am seeing my progress. <laughs> right. Because you know. that's the thing. If, if you've never played PT before and you've never seen a walkthrough, you don't even know if you're doing the right thing. It's so cryptic and it, it's, but that again adds to the atmosphere. Right. That was something that Kojima said that any sort of bit of comfort would take away from the scary. Right. So like, for example, there's no HUD. There's no on-screen display whatsoever. It When you boot up the game and you're standing there looking at this room, it takes up the entire screen. There is nothing. It, it, it's You would think there was a giant photograph on your TV screen. Like, it's right. unreal how realistic it looks. Um, yeah. So not just, okay, so, so we've kind of talked about the game. We've talked about the gameplay and how it kind of does. Now, like we said before, Kojima was let go from Konami. And subsequently, when he was let go, the, the project was canceled. Um, so Silent Hills, which was going to be the name of the, the, new, yeah. the new game, uh, was canned. And when they did that, they took PT off of the PlayStation Which, Store. I, I want to go back. So what yeah. was Norman Reedus's role in PT? Okay, so uh, like I said before, it's first person. And so there is a part where you go in the bathroom and there's a mirror, but it's, it's really scratched up and dirty right. and you can't see your face. Right. Um, but at the very end, if you can solve the final puzzle... You walk out the front door, and then it turns into a cinematic. The camera kind of pans backwards, and the main character, the person that you've been, turns and looks at the camera, and it's Norman Reedus's face. Okay. Okay. And the the tra the the game ends with Norman Reedus walking down this street. It's very foggy. It's very dark. It's very creepy. The screen fades to white and the name Silent Hill pops up. And then a couple seconds later, the S at the end of Hill pops up behind it. So yeah. it's like Silent you know, Hill. That, that's right. Silent Hill. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I was just curious because uh, 
you know, the character doesn't speak. Um, right. And it's been, okay. So it's, it's been a while since I watched it, so I couldn't remember if it was maybe his voice on the radio. No, no, no. It's, 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 those are different voices. Um, so for anybody that's a, um, a video game fan, especially PlayStation fan, um, you'll probably be familiar with a game called Death Stranding. Yeah. Casey, have you heard of this one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the okay. walking game. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So Kojima is let go from Konami. He starts his own independent company. And he's already basically built this relationship with Guillermo del Toro and Norman Reedus. So he pitches kind of a new idea, I guess, or, or just starts to kind of go in a different direction. So Death Stranding was the first game Kojima made after PT. Um, it uses the same which, engine. Which we need to acknowledge that after PT, uh, he did actually come out with uh, the Phantom Pain Metal Gear Solid game. So the, it was released afterwards. I don't know if it was made before or what, but it was yeah, released afterwards. It, yeah, and that was part of the reason Konami let him go, because that game took forever to come yeah. out. And when it finally did, it wasn't fully polished. It wasn't really store ready. And it was chocked full of microtransactions, mm-hmm. which again, that's what Konami wanted. It's not what Kojima wanted, but it's what he had to do. Right. Um, now, I have not played Death Stranding. Uh, I have seen other people play it. It does not look very good to me. No. Um, According to Ko- uh, Kojima, we just don't understand. Which, <laughs> that, that explanation that he gave, that uh, it, it felt very shitty (laughs) Um, you know it was basically kojima going the american people are not smart enough for my game and it was like you know you're the american the american market for video games is so massive you absolutely cannot insult them in explaining why you made a game to make them want to buy it kojima is a very strange person and yeah I I respect his talent. I think he is a very smart, creative human being. But with most above intelligent, creative human beings, he's also kind of a dickhead. Um, and yeah, I, I in my opinion, I think he was he's very a Richard. Bitter. He's a Richard Cranium. There you go. Yeah, I think he was very bitter about the way he was let go from Konami. And he really wanted his his first game to be this monumental triumph, and it wasn't. It was very like lukewarm reception. It didn't yeah. get super great ratings, and I, I think he took that very personally because he. What he did with PT, what he did to horror games in general, and I'll get to that in a second, he revolutionized the horror genre of video games. Okay, revolutionizes a big one, so defend yourself. Okay. After PT came out, the next big game that would would come out shortly thereafter was Resident Evil 7. Now, what we just talked about with the Resident Evil series was that it was a a, a weird tank-controlled 
fixed camera angle kind of thing. Until Resident Evil 4, right. where it changed to an over-the-shoulder, third-person, a little more action-oriented. Yes. By Resident Evil 6, it was a bombastic action movie. It was There was no horror to it anymore. There wasn't. I loved 6, but it really, there was no horror element. Right. There was a few... Um, there was a few jump scares, if I remember correctly. I think the best thing about Six, honestly, was how they wrote the entire thing. I played through it co-op, and there was actually uh-huh. three different storylines that you could play through. It was like, you could play through as, and I forget the, the name of everybody, um, you could yeah. play as like two missionary soldiers, um, and then two, like a man and a woman, and then a woman and a, just a no-name guy, but all their stories. And all the storylines, like. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was a really well written game in that regard that they were able that they did that in itself, you know. And I thought the gameplay was really good. I thought the mechanics were really well done. So. Yeah. So, Resident Evil Seven comes out. It is first person with photorealistic graphics. Yes. And the 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 best part of the game, the first half of the game, takes place in one location, the house, very claustrophobic. It looks like PT. It plays a, like a Resident Evil game where you have to, to manage your inventory. You got to find keys. There's some backtracking. But it looks identical to PT. The, and the I never actually... I downloaded a demo of, of that game. Mm-hmm. I never finished it. It was, it was too much for me. I just couldn't do it. It was, you know what? I'm a grown-ass man. I don't need to prove anything to anybody. I'm going to put this down. And okay, it, and it wasn't. It, the, what got me was the sound. The sound got me on that one. Now, so to my own detriment, I played okay. with headphones in the dark like an idiot. So but, that's how I play all my video games. I, I I plug my headphones into my controller and I sit in the usually the dark and play my games. And I love it. Um, because I hate myself, I actually started Resident Evil Seven in VR. Oh, and you're an idiot. I got through about the first 30 minutes. And um, here's the thing. Did you need to change your pants? I like being scared. I like when things make me uncomfortable and freak me out. This was so scary that my body hurt. Like my muscles hurt because I was so tense. I was yeah. sweating. My chest hurt. I was like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. it's not like. Ooh, it's too scary. It's like, no, I'm physically in pain. I cannot play this. Now, the story is that Capcom was planning on doing a first-person kind of smaller scope Resident Evil for this game. But I, I don't think that this game would have turned out the way it did had it not been for PT first. Because up until PT, most horror games were things like, and, and I could have the dates wrong, but I'm just giving some examples, um, were a lot more like uh, Dead Island, where you are, there's zombies everywhere, and you have to craft items, and it's uh, you have to like keep up with, with all these things Survivor. in your inventory and stuff. Yeah. Um, after PT came out, you got games like Layer of Fear, Visage, Outlast, these games that focused on, first of all, first person. It's always first person, but very little fighting. 
very little interacting, very slow, very meticulous. And I feel like PT was what really changed the horror genre for gaming. Because if that's what it, I mean, if it did, it did. I, I I truly think that because for me, again, like I said, I like scary stuff, but I'm not the biggest fan of horror games because I'm not a big fan of that survival horror, which is the bulk of horror games. Well, I, I think, don't like I, I, I think that you you hit on something that the the first person element of a horror game is actually the most important thing because third person view, it takes you out of the character. It it right. de- it detaches you from the character, and I I like third person view of games because I like to be able to see my character and what they're doing. Sure, um, you know it's just I like that point of view better. I do like it, first person for certain things, but I like them better for playing on a computer, personally. So I I think it's funny that Resident Evil and Silent Hill kind of keep doing this flip flop thing because. The first Resident Evil came out before the first Silent Hill. And Konami saw that and they wanted to capitalize on that. But they they got a very more um, Japanese ghost story kind of vibe, more psychological than the visceral zombie guns and shooting of Resident Evil. Which well, then, the, the Japanese, you know, ghost story is a lot scarier, you know, uh, to me than the zombie you know, the zombie thing sure, is sure. overdone, but at the time it wasn't when they were doing it. You know. right. um, and, and then Resident Evil 4 comes out and that changed the game because it was like, okay, this is a scary game with scary atmosphere, but you never felt like you weren't in control. Like you could right. aim at anybody part you wanted to. The, the ammo was not as scarce. You felt more like a soldier, but it was still scary. Right. Then, a few years later, Kojima comes out with PT, strips all of that away, makes this very slow, very psychological, first-person thing that just strips away all of that other stuff. And it is such a terrifying experience that I feel like, again, Capcom can say what they want to say, but I do not think that Resident Evil 7 and subsequently getting ready to come out Resident Evil 8 would be anything like they are if it wasn't for the success of PT before it. Okay, and I mean, it. I think that it does take something small but really good to kind of offset things in in a different direction, and I think every t- every medium needs something small but very impactful to change the direction. You know, if you look at if you look at the orange box that Valve put out with oh with uh, classic classic with portal. I mean, it just kind of it pushed things in a different direction. You know, there's right. there's always this. This one marker in every medium, music, movies, whatever, that kind of pushes things in a different direction than where they were before. And I think that's important for every medium to have. But it's also part of us pushing ourselves to be better and get better in general. So, you know, I think it takes people like uh, Hideo Kojima 
to kind of step out of the box a little bit, think a little bit differently. So what if Death Stranding wasn't a good game? Well, you can't say wasn't because it's still here. So what if it isn't a good game? I have no desire to play that game. It To me, it looks like you are playing a futuristic UPS man. I, exactly. That's what yeah. I was getting ready to say. If if I wanted to experience what it's like to be a, a an Amazon delivery guy, I would play that game. But that right. doesn't appeal to me. Right. It probably appeals to those who really enjoy their jobs as the <laughs> UPS guy. You know, probably. You know, the DHL probably has it. You know, in the staff room. You know, on big screen where you know you can go in there and play it whenever you want to. But it. it it's not a game that really markets itself to everything else, but it, even if that's the last thing that he puts out, you know, he's got the legacy of, of a uh, solid gear to look back on, you know, and um, yeah. And which started back on the NES, you know, which was a top down yep. action shooter, poor graphics as everything was on the NES, but metal gear, metal, metal gear changed like, the scope of a Nintendo game right. because it was so big. And then Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation 1 created this whole new genre of action game yeah. where it was like stealth-oriented and you you spent more time hiding than you did shooting and fighting. Right. Um, and, then, uh, and then again, I think PT, he did it again. I think he changed the game for horror. Which um, he had to do what he did to step things forward. And, you know, he was on top of every... He, he was the, the leader of every Metal Gear game. Do you know how many Metal Gear games there are? There's a ton of them. Oh, my God. I, I mean, there's a ton of them. I mean, do you remember, um, let's see, Metal Gear Solid Integral? No, of course you don't, because that wasn't one of the ones that jumped forward. But he's <laughs> one of those people that, you know... That puts out a lot of crap, but puts out a few things, a few nuggets of pure gold. And PT may have been his pure gold moment, and it may have been completely rooted in in personal experience and personal strife and wanting to, you know, put something out there that made it made the world feel the way that he did. Yeah. Trapped. And and I don't want to. It, we would need another hour for me to go through all this. I would just recommend if people find this interesting. There is a channel on YouTube called The Great Debate uh, that's spelled G-R-A-T-E, debate, um, that dissect PT so unbelievably well. They not only like surface level, this is what's happening, this is what it means, but then this is what it could mean. And I would highly recommend people checking those videos out. There's a lot of other stuff that I won't get into right now of symbolism and different numbers that mean this and that mean that. And, and it's just a fascinating story. The, the amount of conversation that can be taken away from this, essentially a demo of a video game, yeah, a, a, a 20 to 30 minute experience. I, I think that just shows the power of the medium. So there is actually something in that that I just thought of that I thought about earlier. There is the element the element of the playable demo that just doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, I remember with the PlayStation One was really the last time that I saw these, but it was they would put out these uh, these discs that you could subscribe and get. Oh these, yeah, these oh yeah. I remember. I remember those. the whole thing was, "Are you ready?" and it had a, a red E, 
you know, for the stylistic purposes of it. You uh-huh. know? And I remember there was music videos on there. The Urge was one of them. The, oh, I was yeah. listening to them today. Gotta love that yeah. band. So, <laughs> but the the playable demo doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, companies don't release a playable section of their game. They release uh, no. some videos, trailers, and whatnot, but they don't release play release playable parts of their game. And I think that that's something they should probably actually somebody should start doing again. You know, release a teaser. Of it. So last last thing that I want to say, PT, like I said, has been scrubbed from the PlayStation Store. However, Unreal PT is a downloadable version of the game. Uh, this particular guy, this particular studio, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. His name is Radius Gordello. He created uh, an exact replica of PT, and it is downloadable for free. And you can actually, it is VR supported. I would highly recommend if you have any interest in scary games or just horror in general, I would highly, highly recommend going and and playing it. Even if you can't beat it, even if you don't understand all the puzzles, it you just need to experience it at least once. So if Hideo Kojima is not remembered for the the pitfalls of of the Metal Gear franchise, if he is not remembered for the parts of his career that are not so illustrious like Death Stranding, I hope he is at least remembered for things like the best parts of Metal Gear and Metal Gear Solid, and I hope he is remembered for PT, because from the little bit that I've seen of the walkthroughs, it does look fantastic. I mean, I was watching walkthroughs and was like, oh shit, I don't go around that corner. Oh, it's a door. I'm, I can't watch any more <laughs> of this because this is driving me crazy, and it's scary as shit just sitting in my brightly lit living room watching on my computer. So, if he actually is a person that stepped forward and put out something great that pushed things forward even more, and it came out in the form of PT, which is one of the creepiest parts of media ever, awesome. Ever. Awesome. <laughs> so go watch a walkthrough. Go download PT, because I, I'm going to download it, actually, after this. I'm going to play it. Yes, if you... Um, if uh, uh, And I know that I did give away a couple of things, but I did oh, not... It's, it's fine. It's fine. I'll yeah, still play you, it. I'll still be able to get the feeling of it, especially since I will download it on my computer and my computer is in this unfinished basement and I, it'll be creepy all around. So. If you sit in the dark with headphones on, I assure you this is one of the most unsettling things. And it's 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 unlike anything you've ever experienced. If, if you're a fan of horror media, books, film, video games... This is this is something you need to experience at 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 some level. All right, so let's all go and experience PT. All right, everybody, this has been the is for podcast. P is for PT, not G is for G, but G has been with us. Thank you for having me. It was I, I thoroughly enjoy getting to uh, ramble on about my obsessions. I don't think it's so much that we have you anymore. You're just you're, you're here. So well, that's true. But, that's true. All right, you're not to heaven to hold, and for that, I am danger. I am G. All right, <laughs> bye, everybody. Later. <laughs>